Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. Happy Friday! Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and today is actually a really special day for two reasons. One, it's the year anniversary of the podcast, Finding Fertility, used to be known as the Infertile Diagnosis. And I just wanted to give a big shout out to all of you who are listening because this is why I do it. I do it to help and support you through infertility's BS. And I'm so excited that the podcast is doing so well and helping so many of you get down to the root cause of your infertility. The other reason it is a special day is a personal one. It is actually my wedding anniversary today. I don't even know how many years it is. I think it's 16, maybe 17. That's really bad. (laughs) I can't believe I don't know. I think we got married in 2004. Yeah, so the math, 16 years. Great, now that's out of the way. Before we start the show today, which is another Fertility Connection talk show, I wanna tell you about the pilot course I am running starting July 12th. So that's a about a week from now. It is the pilot course of my eight-week group coaching program. It's called the Finding Fertility Formula. One of the things I know that I was missing in my journey and what I also see in my coaching clients, my one-on-one, is the group community aspect. I just believe in this so much because infertility, you feel so alone and isolated. And when you're dealing with unexplained infertility or autoimmune issues that aren't maybe necessarily, your doctors aren't linking them to your fertility, and you have to go above and beyond to get down to the root cause, maybe make some extra diet and lifestyle changes, it's even more isolating. I know that people thought I was a complete freak when I stopped eating tomatoes. So I really want to bring a community online and I really believe in this program. It has every aspect of my one-on-one coaching. I really help you guys dig deep into the underlining root cause of your infertility. I support you on what diet and lifestyle changes you need to make because remember, we're all individuals. This also includes functional testing that you will have access to during the course. Now, if you want to do a food sensitivity test, we get that sorted before you start making your diet and lifestyle changes so we know exactly what is going on. And throughout the course, you have access to do gut testing, hormone testing, and antibody testing, and a few other tests. I will help guide you and decide what testing you might want to look into. So head over to findingfertility.co, check out all the amazing things you're going to get on the course, sign up to the wait list, or you can sign up to our regular email subscriber list. I highly recommend you do this as I'm going to send out a coupon code. It's going to be 50% off. I will be sending out an email next week on Monday with a coupon code. And remember, there's limited spaces. So I'm looking for only about five to 10 women who are really truly passionate about either making changes or continuing on and diving deeper into what is going on with their fertility. So head over to findingfertility.co, super clean, easy website to use. You will find it no problem and get on the list. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. (music) 
Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. We have another talk show for you today, the Fertility Connection, and let's go around and introduce ourselves. Hi, everyone. I am Robin Birkin. You can find me at Robin Birkin or the Fertility Warriors podcast, and I provide mind-body programs for women trying to conceive. I'm Sarah Clark, founder of Fab Fertile and the host of Get Pregnant Naturally, and we have access to functional lab testing, helping couples make diet and lifestyle changes that dramatically improve the chances of conception. Welcome, and I'm Monica Cox, founder of FindingFertility.co, and I help you explain your unexplained infertility. Today, we wanted to talk about one piece of advice if we had a time machine to go back and shake ourselves and say, do this, your journey would be so much shorter, it would be smoother, it would be less expensive, you wouldn't have so much heartache. What would that one piece of advice be to yourself? Robin here. And I guess for me, so everything I do is all about managing our mind and helping balance the stress uh, that we have in our bodies. And if I look back at past Robin, I was typical type A. If I, when I look back on at myself, it was like my fists were clenched. I was trying to hold on so tightly to control in all areas of my life. And when we started trying to conceive, like I did all the diet and lifestyle stuff to a T. I went and saw a naturopath three months before we started trying to conceive. I did the diet, the lifestyle, the elimination diet, all of those kind of things. But some things in life you don't have as much control over as you hope. And it's really hard for me to fully explain just how much of a train wreck I was on the inside. But on the outside, it looked like I was handling it really well. And I was driven by this fear that I would never become a mother. And that fear at a more of a root cause was that I like, you know, I wasn't enough of a woman. I wasn't enough of a like a human being. I had no purpose in life if I didn't become a mum. And that all changed for me. And if I look at the biggest game changers for me, it was after I had my miscarriage, which was on my first IVF cycle, that I hit rock bottom. The biggest game changer for me was like, I suppose in some ways I needed to hit rock bottom, but it was in realizing that there is so much fucking more to life than just becoming a mother and that I could be really, really happy regardless and that I would strive to be happy every day. And the difference between the IVF cycle and the miscarriage that I had and the following IVF cycle, which also failed, was dramatic. And if I could have gone back in time and handled all of those IVF cycles with that amount of grace, that amount of surrender and the perspective that this was a journey and not like necessarily, you know, hanging my hat every month on whether this would success or fail and understanding that, you know, I was on this path, that there would be ups, there would be downs, that it might be hard, that it might go for a while, that things would have been quite different for me. The stress that you put on yourself. And like you said, it comes down to this fear. And when you, you know, act from fear, it's always going to be a mess, like a disaster, right? And when you're going to make decisions, you cannot be in your emotional mind and your rational mind at the same time. And so you're going to go into your fertility clinic and make poor decisions and feel really disempowered. Like it does, it's not just when I talk about the mind, it's not just about the mind. Like this manifests in many different ways. It manifests, the stress that we're under manifests itself in a physiological way. And I know that you ladies see this all the time. Halfway through 
my fertility journey, I managed to trigger an immune response. And to me, like the only explanation I can ever give it to it is because I was putting myself under, like that makes it sound like we have, you know, this incredible control over the stress that we're under. And I don't think it's about just like just not being stressed and being positive and being like, yeah, but it's about managing the stress and being able to bring our bodies in and out of parasympathetic or into our parasympathetic nervous system in being able to manage that perspectives and being able to, you know, use my rational brain. I was able to manage my journey a lot better. Had I have done that earlier on in my journey, I may not have triggered an autoimmune response. I'm convinced that that was, that inflammation is what triggered it. Yeah. I mean, stress can fuck you up, man. Like it is insane what it can do in all areas of your body. And I know when I'm not taking care of myself now, I feel it in my hips, my legs. And it's like, where did it come from? Like super active, you know, I'm like running around all the time. Why do I feel this there? And that's when I know I'm like, okay, you are way overdoing it if you have to keep on stretching like when you lie down and go to bed. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people who have infertility, have their child, and then get pregnant naturally. And they feel like they don't change a thing where, you know, for some people, the stress of infertility alone just exacerbates what your issues were to begin with. And we talk about that fine line, that tipping point of your health, right? So you were probably already unhealthy if you weren't getting pregnant, right? So the infertility just a tick, 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 tick. And then it probably made it worse. <laughs> so I totally yeah, We believe- had some a few little red flags with Ross that he then rectified at the naturopath's clinic. But it was almost like as he got better, I, like... I was then the weak link (laughs) and that, you know, we've never had huge, like they've never said a hundred percent it's this or that. And I'm one of those believers that there's not always just one tiny thing going on. I always believe that there's multiple things going on. And that's why we never had like a 100% like, Oh, this is exactly what's causing your infertility. But I, that's what I believe is that he started to get better. And then I went off the deep end. And I was like, if you looked at me on the outside, I was asymptomatic. Uh, I still am. However, I triggered this autoimmune response that has, that has remained for years. What's your symptoms of uh, your autoimmune response then? Like, how do you, why do you think um, that you have that? Positive ANA result that they have then years later. So, and I continue to have a positive ANA result and I've tested positive for scleroderma so a limited form of scleroderma and the test says that you can be if there's a high likelihood apparently that I will develop scleroderma if even if I haven't now um, but that it could be in 10 to 15 years time just from a functional side if you do get tests that like say that you know you your likelihood of having this you know is higher now you can be doing things like you do with your mental health and then finding out your food sensitivities would be a great helper in preventing that because what happens with your health is that the less healthier you are the more sensitivities you can have so if you if you're healthy you can eat more shit and feel all right but if you're unhealthy you you're just sensitive to a lot more things and that's like 100% i was i used to react so strongly to dairy to gluten and i'm sure that's the case with so many people i used to react really strongly with those i don't react uh, as much anymore but i you know i gave up 
dairy. I gave up gluten for four months. I gave up dairy for years. Uh, I gave up eggs. I gave up all sorts of different things for years on my journey. It wasn't like I was diagnosed or they discovered that on a blood test and then I gave it up. I had already given that up because I was like on the path of like cut it all out, do whatever to fall pregnant. And then the last piece of the puzzle was, you know, like figuring out that the way that I was emotionally handling my journey was actually not a healthy way. Like being strong on the outside was actually not a healthy coping response. And that I was like a hotbed of, you know, stress and just making that change everything from there flowed. I was able to advocate for myself at my fertility clinic and get that test result. Like all sorts of different things changed for me after that moment. So yeah, if I went back in time, that was, that would be what I would change. Yeah. That's a very, very good thing to change. And I think most people, including Sarah and myself, probably needed to change that a lot sooner in our journeys. Sarah, what, what would be one thing that you would go back and shake yourself with? Well, it's interesting because I, I got the diagnosis of premature ovarian failure and didn't get a second opinion. Like I didn't get a second opinion. And I had those weird, I was on the pill like for, for about eight years prior to that. And we know the pill can then predispose you to food sensitivities, gut infections, and then you can eat this healthy diet and you know, your body's not absorbing all the nutrients. I didn't know any of that. I had yeast infections. I had acne, so like hormonal acne going on my period you know it was coming twice a year wow yeah like crazy st- when I, and I went okay that's what it is because I'm so action and I'm so like let's fix it let's get a plan let's control it let's make it happen and if that didn't work I was going to take a trip around the world with my husband we were going to quit our jobs you know I was blah, 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 blah. here's the thing it didn't take any time to grieve didn't take any time to, to listen to my own body. Didn't know any of those other symptoms were connected. You know, I grew up in a, in a house in the woods. It was a cedar house and my, it was sprayed regularly for, you know, carpenter ants. I and you know, my dog died of cancer when she was 10. My brother has blood cancer. Did I inhale all these toxins? And then my tipping point was infertility. Like people that come to see myself and like all, all of you guys as well, like that, that it's typically not sick people. Like infertility people, it's not a sick population. They're trying to have their baby. They typically feel okay, but there's something going on in their body that they're not able to procreate. So for me, it would have, it's the like the worst diagnosis you could possibly get is sorry, your eggs are not working at 28, and you know you can't have your own. You can't have your own biological children. It's donor egg. I literally the only time I cried about it was when my, my husband's like, oh. Um, I wanted to get a dog. And he, and I was the only time I cried was like, I want, I want this dog. And he's like, I don't want the dog. And I'm like, oh, so that's, that's how I, like, I, my thing is like being very guard, like, I guess guarded and controlling and like strong woman and all this sort of stuff, which over the years we've learned to not overdo it, to, to listen to my body, to slow down, to meditate, to get into my spiritual side, to, you know, I worked in and we talked about this before, Robin, I worked in like HR, manufacturing, engineering, like mostly male dominated environments where my intuition, what are you talking about? I don't even like, I don't even, I remember in the beginning, people were telling me, oh, you can feel that in your body. I'm like, feel what in my body? I don't even know what you're saying. I feel nothing. So, um, <laughs> so I would have listened. Died. <laughs> I would have gotten a second opinion. I would have listened to my body because my, my health crisis came at 40. You know, I got diagnosed at 28. That came at 40. So it'll keep knocking. It'll come at you. And yeah, autoimmune disease, if we can all have a, you know, maybe a propensity, if you have that genetic propensity to get that doesn't mean it's you're, you're doomed for it. There's things you can do, diet, lifestyle changes to prevent and chronic stress 
I always felt like my shoulders were at my ears. I was always like, I had TMJ going to university mm. and like I remember trying to eat a fry. I couldn't even open my mouth because I was like so very intense. Although I had a great time at university, I parted my ass off. I had so much fun. Yeah, like this tenseness and this pushing. So that receiving energy for me was like receiving. I don't know what you're saying. So now I do believe we're able to help. I, I see myself coming in with a lot of my clients, me before I've made all these changes. So I'm just a few steps ahead. I'm by no means any perfect specimen, but you just keep walking the talk and, make, and making those changes. And so for me, I help people that were me. And they're like, the doctor told them, sorry, it's not going to work. And you went, okay, I believe them. I'll never know for sure because I didn't discover this until I was in menopause, you know, yeah. fully in menopause on HRT and birth control for 10 years. Then had H. pylori, gut infections, food sensitivities, chronic stress, like all kinds of crap. Although I'm still functioning, still, you know, you wouldn't know it because I'm like Robin, like you, on the inside, you don't know. I look fine. I still look fine, but <laughs> somewhat fine. <laughs> but, but yeah, now I'm like, <laughs> but like the sign for me is my freaking hair is falling out in the drain. Why is there like chunks of hair? Oh, Sarah's had some stress because, you know, and for me, the, the hair starts falling out, which is the thyroid when my thyroid's gone off and um, which we see a lot with people. So I think it is to me, it's like to your intuition really get your, your, your body's desperately trying to tell you something and to really listen to that. That's what I would say to myself, like really get quiet and listen to what it's saying. And I do this all the time now where if, like if the hair starts falling out in the drain, I'm like, and for me, it's probably something to do with my kids. And I've been over, I'm trying to control, fix, guide, do whatever the hell I'm doing there to help them. And that causes a lot of stress as well. I don't know if you need like a hug or to make you feel better. You know, 20 years ago, this information wasn't even out there. So it's not even like you can like kick yourself in the teeth and go, fuck, only if I listened to that one chick that was talking about it, right? I see people on Instagram all the time going to donor egg where just by following them of what they're posting. So I'm not getting to know them. I'm like, fuck, you could fix that. No, you could fix that. No, fix that. You know, even just increase your chances of your like own successful IVF. Not that there's anything wrong with donor egg. Like it, it's oh. an amazing thing that we are even able to do that. But you could say no one goes into their fertility journey going, I'll just use donor egg, right? Oh. Like it's not oh. the first thing that you think. And I know that we were, when we were going through it, uh, after our first failed IVF, that was the doctor's answers. They're like, you 30 years old, you don't have good enough eggs. And my husband was talking about donor egg. And I, if for me, like, I was like, I'm not ready for that. Like, that's not, I will, I will do fucking anything before I go to that stage. And so that's like kind of why I went down the rabbit hole I did. It was like, there's got to be something I can do. And I was lucky in my time that there were functional health people talking about just general health. You know, no one was really linking it to fertility per se, but I was willing to listen to them about just overall health. Like our conversation last week, it is we're just blindsided in that doctor's office. And I know I was too. I mean, I went to a clinic because they had the immune testing and the doctor on call, which I never saw again in my whole journey, just said, no, you're not a candidate for that because you're not having reoccurring miscarriages. So we didn't get the testing that I sought after, had another failed IVF with a perfect A++ embryo. And that was a year after doing a fucking paleo diet. So I can see people's frustrations with, you know, putting in, you know, all the hard work to get to a certain stage and it's still failing. Just in case you needed that hug, there is what, 
hundreds of us out there now talking about diet and lifestyle and people still are not waking up to the fact that they can do things to improve their situation. Yeah, to me, you'll hear you'll hear information a number of times, and sometimes we're just not ready to listen to it. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're ready to listen. But like, I now like really believe in looking for the signs. If I see like a book in three different places, or if I see something, I'm like, I actually take action, and I feel it's for me because if it keeps popping up, I, I the, the universe is trying to freaking tell me something. Either it's to slow down, read that, whatever it is. I've taken courses and taken gone on retreats just because I saw something randomly and it's been they've been really some of like the best experiences of my life because I wouldn't necessarily even have gone there so there is like a synchronicity the universe all of that to to tap into that we usually have Emma and Devin on the talk show as well and you know we talk behind the scenes and we've all been getting a little woo-woo with our journeying and you know reaching out to the well I don't reach out to the spirits because I like I don't have that in me yet I feel like the weak link of the group because everyone else is like I'm like wait I <laughs> but I totally believe in slowing down and looking at the looking at what the universe is trying to tell you. I have definitely seen that in my own journey. And once you're aware of those signs, they won't shut up, right? Sometimes you're like, ah, shit. <laughs> like, I just want to yeah. like, otherwise it'll my slap me. Well, for me, definitely, I have felt both of your guys's, you know, opinions that you were, or your suggestions that you would make to yourself. For me, I would shake myself and relook at my diet as mm. much as I think that I wasn't eating unhealthy because I wasn't going to McDonald's or having takeaway every single night. I was still eating like fucking shit. And all the, you know, the companies are so good at marketing to you. You know, these are healthy things. And I was eating a bunch of E-numbers, a bunch of sugar, you know, just a lot of processed stuff. You know, most of our meals, I would come home and pop a can open and maybe whack some onions and mushrooms in. And we would have a huge thing of pasta and a garlic bread in the same sitting like three times a night. Like our lunches used to be like frozen pizzas that we would just like shove in the oven. I just look back at myself and go, I I don't know if like anyone could relate, but I look three months pregnant all the fucking time because I was so bloated. Like the irony of it was just ridiculous. And I would just say, you know, like my first IVF, I quit drinking, but I was like hammering the adults, like, you know, Beck's free beer, <laughs> like our alcohol free beer. What were you thinking? So yeah, just being so naive on the diet part for me, obviously the stress and the mental, emotional thing, I was exactly like you guys, um, just bottled it up inside. And then it would all release when the IVF hormones, like the synthetic hormones would fucking go, Right. But yeah, just not to be so naive and just be super open to the fact that you can't eat healthy things. (laughs) Like you have fucked yourself so much, you cannot eat a tomato now. And, you know, we talked about with Robin's journey, it was like tip, 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 tip. And then boom. I mean, I was probably already there at 18. I'm pretty sure that I had high NK cells at 18. I had massive stomach issues all the time. I never got diagnosed properly, but I had. they said they called it signs of an ulcer. So mm. my stomach lining at the top left is completely fucked. I still will have symptoms if I get super overstressed or have a Red Bull. Like I, like oh, you, Sarah, Red we have Red Bulls a little bit too much. In- <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. No, I, my, yeah, my, my, yeah, my son will do those. And he, I'm like, 
it makes them around the bend. I never did any of that because I can I have a coffee and I want to like take on the world and plan a whole entire whatever. Yeah, no caffeine in me is like insane. No, it's like, what the fuck are we thinking with these Red Bulls and vodkas? Like when that came out, actually, Robin, I was ironically in Perth, Australia when I turned 18, 19. And so I could legally drink over there. And so I was in the clubs, like hammering vodka, Red Bulls. And at the time you could smoke still in the clubs. So fuck, like Mm -hmm. I used to walk out of clubs just wrecked. Like my stomach was a wreck. And yeah, looking back, it was just like, no wonder I didn't get knocked up by my high school sweetheart because you were fucking infertile back then, right? That would be, I wish I would just go back and shake myself. I think I would have always had to done both. I think I would have had to do diet and mental. Totally agree. I think we all have a come to Jesus moment with multiple areas of our lives. Um, But for me, that was like this moment I started trying to conceive. You know, we've always eaten a lot of salads and things like that. But the moment I started trying to conceive, I was like, bam, it's quinoa, like I'm on this wagon. And so it wasn't even like, you know, I didn't need to hit rock bottom or anything like that. I was like, I'm, I'm in this, but the other stuff took me a lot longer. And for me, I guess had much more profound traumatic experience. Well, I hope that our little nuggets of knowledge and what we would share with ourselves has inspired you to maybe dig a little bit deeper into your own journey and what you can do to help improve your physical and emotional and mental side of this journey. That is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find all of our links down in the show notes if you want to connect with any of us and have a beautiful weekend and we'll see you later if you are loving the finding fertility podcast please leave us a rating and review let us know how this podcast is supporting you through your infertility journey remember if you are interested in the pilot program for the finding fertility formula eight week group coaching program go over to findingfertility.co and get on the list you do not want to miss out on the majorly discounted price of the pilot program. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Tuesday for another Closer Today clip.